if you produce change without trust, what you're going to do is you're going to create change, but you're going to cause whiplash. Hey, welcome back to the Releader Podcast. This is number two. And I really wrestled, honestly, uh, what's the really the most important thing? And maybe maybe with it being kind of the very first official teaching on Releader, felt a lot of pressure on what should the very first thing be about. And as I contemplated it, as I thought about it, as I recycled my mind back through my experiences, it became very clear that there is one thing that is, in my opinion, the most important thing to being a, a successful leader, um, uh, particularly re- a re-leader. So if you want to be a successful re-leader, there are obviously many, many, many things that you have to do well. And we will talk about those on this podcast and in books and on the articles on the website. But I would argue that there is one thing in particular that you will never succeed without. Um, it's one thing that if you don't have this one thing as a re-leader, you will not succeed. Um, I believe your single most important asset as a re-leader is trust. It's trust. Um, if you do not have trust from those that you are re-leading, you are going to have a very, very difficult journey. Without it, this is why, without it, you're not leading at all. Uh, the only way to relead or lead without trust is to push, to shove, to manipulate, uh, to require or to force. The only way to relead without trust is by fear, is by a show of force. Uh, if you're, here's why. If you're, if you're a re-leader coming into an organization, um, chances are you're a stranger. Uh, you're an outsider. These people don't know you. And even if you are promoted from within, they don't know you in this role. They've never seen you lead. They've never seen, they've never experienced your leadership. Uh, you've inherited a staff. You've been. You've inherited all of these things, and this is the advantage of being an entrepreneurial leader or to start something, is that the teams grow with you. So as you grow as a leader and as an organization, your your staff are growing with you. When you're thrust in as the re-leader, uh, no one knows you, and because no one knows you, no one trusts you. And so there's there's really two types of leaders. Uh, I'm sorry, re-leaders. There's two types of re-leaders. There are re-leaders who came in on the heels of poor leadership, okay? Um, they came in on the heels of something devastating. These are the re-leaders who have to fix broke stuff. But there's actually another element to re-leading that we will talk about on the show regularly. Many of you are re-leaders that you've came in on the heels of a great leader, of, of a leader that did a great job, that you're coming into a healthy organization. Both have its challenges and both have its advantages, right? But one thing is required of both. You will have to have trust. You will have to gain trust. Um, Proverbs, there's this, there's this Proverbs in chapter 29, verse 19. It's kind of a funny one. It says, like a bad tooth and an unsteady foot is confidence in a faithless man in time of trouble. Now, this word confidence, uh, if you look this word up in the Hebrew, it means to trust, to be secure, and to to hope for. So it's saying, when you put your trust in a faithless man, it's like a bad tooth, which is such a bizarre analogy. It's such a bizarre simile. Uh, it's like a bad tooth. What is a bad tooth? A bad tooth is painful. All right. It's painful. Um, and it's like, number two, it's like an unsteady foot. Uh, with you, if you have an unsteady foot, it's hard to make any progress. So if, if your people do not trust you, there's going to be pain and there's going to be 
a, a stalling. You're not going to you're not going to make any progress. So, I know as as leaders, as re-leaders, when we come into organizations, we're focused on gains, right? And I don't care what industry you're in. You can be in the medical industry. You can be in business. You can be in education. You're trying to make gains. You're trying to have a profitable budget balance sheet. You're trying to make your board, your constituents, your employees, whoever. You're trying to make everyone happy. And what you're looking for is gains, okay? Uh, but you should be far more in your first steps as a re-leader. You should be far more focused on gaining trust than gaining profits, because without gaining trust, you have a drastic uphill battle uh, in front of you. So, trust—I I, I really believe this in my experience. Um, trust really is the secret ingredient to the recipe of being a, a successful re-leader. Um, there's not a single area of your journey as a re-leader that won't be impacted by the level of trust that your constituents, your employees, your, your staff, all of those things are not impacted by the level of trust. So what I want to do real quickly is I want to give you three reasons, okay? Maybe you don't believe me yet. Let me give you three reasons why this is this is true. Three three quick reasons why you need to build trust more than anything else, okay, in those first, first uh, few months and years of your re-leader journey. Number one, trust fosters open communication. Okay, so trust fosters this, and this is a cre- this is a culture creating component. When you build trust, you you build a open a culture of open communication in your organization, and the key word there is open. All right, open communication. Open means this, honest. If you have a closed communication, it means that there is a closed level of trust, which means I can't trust you, which means I can't be honest with you. So open, this is what open means to your, to your staff and your culture. Open means that this is a safe place for me to share my heart. This is a safe place for me to share my opinions. This is a safe place for me to share my ideas. And when I share those, I'm not going to be punished. All right. There's no ramifications. If I do it in a respectful way, in an honoring way, they're open to it. All right. Um, the second word in that is communication, communication. Now, I'm not talking about procedural communication. I'm not talking about did this department talk to this department. Okay, that's that's a system that's very easy to fix. All right, you need to get Slack or some other software in your organization. That's that's a system. I'm not talking about a system. I'm talking about communication as a culture. This is a cultural component. Am I creating a culture of open communication? All right, um, you might you might ask yourself, how do I know? If the people I'm leading, if I'm cultivating um, uh, trust and they're in cultivating open communications, I'll tell you how you know, all right? Um, Are your teams willing to share their thoughts with you? Um, Are they willing to challenge you in healthy ways as a leader? Are you open to that? Are you open? Um, That's the ultimate test, right? Will they challenge you? Let me give you just a quick example, okay? Many of you are business leaders. Many of you are in different industries, but- one of the areas I'm in is is in pastoral leadership. I I'm the lead pastor of a church. Okay, so um, several weeks ago I had a a staff member while I was preaching. Okay, so we have two services on Sunday morning, um, nine o'clock, eleven o'clock. Between our gatherings, uh, I I heard a, a knock at my office door, and one of our associate campus pastors walked in. Okay, he comes in very humble very honoring in a super healthy way. He said, I have a question about some theology. And I said, okay, go for it. And he, he, he continued to challenge something that I said in my sermon, 
at the nine o'clock service. Okay, so I want you to think about that. An associate campus pastor felt safe enough to come into the green room between, I'm about to go preach this again, felt safe enough to come into the green room in a very honoring, in a very respectful way and challenge um, something that I said in a very healthy way. That's very important. But what this has showed me, my, my very first response to him was, first off, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for proving to me that I am creating a culture that, that welcomes open communication. We went on to have a great conversation about why I said that. He, he's a young leader. He said, I see what you're saying. That makes perfect sense. We had a great conversation. But to me, this was one of the greatest rewards to see a young man, probably in his mid to late 20s, came into my office, challenged the lead pastor between sermons, okay? Do people, certain people, and I'm not saying everybody in your organization can just walk into your office. I'm not saying that. But are you surrounded by people who feel like they can have open communications? And this is why, because re-leaders, we check our egos at the door. We check our egos at the door. When when team members trust their re-leader, they feel more comfortable expressing their thoughts, their ideas, and even their concerns. And without healthy communication, without trust, you, you, this is the results, okay? You want gains, but you're actually going to get decreased productivity. You're going to get missed opportunities. You're going to have low staff morale. You're going to have increased drama. How many of you love drama? You're going to have increase of drama. Uh, and, and ultimately, you're going to have an increase in turnover on your staff, okay? That's the first why. That's the first why trust is important. Number two, why is trust important? Number two, it's important because trust inspires loyalty. It inspires loyalty. Yeah, you know what every leader needs? Followers. <laughs> if you don't have followers, you're not leading. You're just going for a walk. Okay. So trust inspire, inspires loyalty. There's only two ways to get loyalty. All right. You can either require it or you can inspire it. There's only two ways. You can demand it. So requiring it is establishing loyalty through fear. And it's done quickly. It's actually, it's actually quite, um, it's, 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 it, it works. Okay. But, but it doesn't have the long-term impact. Uh, many people go this route. Some people that you might have heard of. Hitler requires loyalty. Uh, uh, Kim Jong-un would require loyalty. Any communist leader would, re- would, re- would require loyalty. But I would say this. It is the f- weakest form of leadership. It is the weakest form of leadership. The, the alternative is you can inspire. You can inspire loyalty. Um, and, and the only way to inspire loyalty is through relationship. There has to be relational equity. Now you're saying, John, I have 200 people on my staff. I cannot have relationship with everyone. I'm not saying you do, but those that report to you, the three, the four, the five, the three, the, the two that report to you begins and ends with relationship. And then that transpires, that cascades all the way down through your organization and it becomes a culture. It's a culture of loyalty that starts with the re-leader. Um, and here's why. It's a psychological term. It's used in psychology. You've heard it before, but no one cares how much you know, if you can finish it for me, until they know how much you care. It, it's harder. It's way harder, okay? It, but it's healthier. It's healthier. Um, it takes longer, but it actually ends up making your organization stronger. Um, so, I'll give you a couple of examples of this. Um, I'm a very, I'm a highly, highly relational leader. That's that's my 
preference. Many of you aren't particularly powerfully relational, okay? That's not your go-to. That's okay, but you need to hire people around you that are, that can carry that culture and understand how important it is. Um, I recently stepped down as from my role as the president of the King's University, but I had a president's cabinet there. And at the church, I have something that we refer to as our directional leadership team. We call it DLT. Both of those teams were highly loyal to me, and I was highly loyal to them, right? This is not about me and them serving me. I tell those teams all the time, my primary job, I know you work for me, technically, I'm your quote unquote boss, but this is the way I perceive myself as the re-leader, okay? Technically, I work for them, and here's what I mean by that. I'm here to serve them. These are, the, these are the people who are in the trenches leading the teams. They need to come to me when they have problems, when they have roadblocks that they cannot move out of the way. And so that breeds loyalty. I'm loyal to them. They're loyal to me. It goes both ways. And what happens is whenever you're loyal to one another over long stretches of time, trust is built in such a way that even when I mess up, they still trust me. Uh, even when they mess up, even when they have a bad day, they're, I'm still, they're still loyal to me and I'm still loyal to them. And it breeds this health. Um, and really, one of, the, one of the greatest results of this is that when you storm the hill, there's very little that you can't accomplish. Now, I want you to think about um, in, in, in military terms. These people have bled together. They've sweat together. They've trained together. They've had, their, they've had each other's backs. They know that when my back is not facing that way, I know that you're facing that way and you're loyal to me. You're there to protect me. You're, you're there to keep me. And those are the types of military actions that can storm the hill and win the battle. The same is true in your organization. If you don't have trust, then you don't have loyalty. No one has your back. You don't have their back, and it makes it very difficult to 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 take ground, to to make advances. Okay, to to storm the hill, so to speak. So, with both of these teams, um, there was nothing that we can't accomplish together. I believe that they're they're amazing people. I surround myself with people smarter than me, and we we're loyal to one another. When we've bled together, when we've cried together, when we've laughed together. It breeds incredible loyalty, which is so important, but you cannot have that without trust, all right? Trust produces loyalty. Number three, trust paves the way for effective change, all right? Now, you can get all the change you want. You can produce change in a lot of different ways. You can force change. You can manipulate change. Um, uh, You can do it with fear. You can do it with a lot of tactics, um, but it won't be effective, and that's really the ultimate goal, is it not? Like we're we're re-leaders. It's what we do. We want to change. We have we see everything that needs to be changed. Um, and I've, I said this on the first podcast. The what of leadership is not hard. If you if you're if you're a leader that has any salt whatsoever, you can look at an organization. You can look at a team. You can look at a system and see what is wrong with it. The best of the best of the best know how to do it effectively. They know how to do the how. And they know how to do the win with such laser precision. They're like ninjas and they know how to do it in a way that's going to make it effective. So this is what, this is what can happen. If you, do it, if, you do, if you do it without trust, okay, if you produce change without trust, what you're going to do is you're going to create change, but you're going to cause whiplash. Everybody in your organization, they weren't communicated with. There wasn't open communication. 
there's no loyalty. We don't have each other's backs. And so a decision is made up on high and there's been no communication. There's no trust involved. I don't trust the leader. I make the decision too quickly without a lot of uh, wise counsel. And everybody in the organization has whiplash and everyone is just forced to turn and pivot. It's very, very difficult. And when you're turning the ship too abruptly, you will throw everyone off the ship or they will be injured in the process. The best captains, I don't know if you've ever been on a cruise, the best captains can turn the ship 180 degrees and the passengers on board don't even know they're turning. They have no idea what the captain is doing. Why? Because they trust the captain. They trust that the captain is watching out for them, who's protecting them, okay? But with trust, if you change, if you do change with trust, not only is the change accepted, not only is it palatable, the change could actually be celebrated. It can actually become celebrated. Um, and so this could be rolling out core values. This is one of the things we did at TKU. We did it at Victory Church. We rolled out core values. We did it collaboratively. We're, we're doing drastic change. At the church, we changed the entire vision of the future of the church. You talk about whiplash. We changed the entire focus of the church but it was celebrated. Why? Because I did it with trust. I knew that I was going to do it early on, but I didn't do it early on because I knew that I needed to do it strategically and with trust. So when team members trust their leader, they're far more willing to embrace change and adapt to the new circumstances in the change. Okay. I'll say it again. When team members trust their leader, they're far more willing to, to embrace the change but not just embrace it. They're willing to adapt to the circumstances of the change. Now, if you're a releader and you're new at releading, I already know what you're thinking because it's what I was thinking. My question when I stepped into releading Victory Church in on November the 1st, 2014, my first question was, how long is this gonna take? Like, <laughs> this sucks. How long is this gonna take? Because I know what to do. But if I don't do it with trust, it's going to fail. It's not going to be effective change. So how long is this going to take? So at the time I had a mentor, um, one of my mentors, his name is Pastor Brady Boyd. Many of you have heard of Pastor Brady Boyd, Pastor Brady Boyd. I will have him on this podcast. I promise you, he's one of the greatest real leaders I know. He brought, he took over a church in Colorado Springs called New Life on the Hills of a Moral Failure, a very nationally um, broadcast, very public um, uh downfall of his predecessor, um, just one of the greatest re-leaders ever. So I called him one day. Uh, many times I would call him when I was in a fetal position. Call him. I'm like, how long is this going to take? How long, you know, how long is it going to take for them to fully trust me? And how long is it going to take to change this culture? And Brady Boyd told me this, and don't fall out of your chair when I say this. He said, John, it took me five years. Five years, okay? Five years. For me, it took three years. Not because I'm a better leader, but because I was already ingrained in the organization. I was a campus pastor. I was already known. People were already familiar with me. So I stepped into this role, re-leading. Um, for you, it may take you one year. It may take two years. It may take three years. It may take five years. But just know that it is a marathon, not a sprint, okay? So one more thing. How long do you have to foster trust? How long do you have to do this? I would tell you that you never ever stop earning trust. You never, ever, ever stop earning the trust of your constituents. 
You are being interviewed every single day for the role that you're in, and you will never, ever stop gaining trust. Why? Because trust is gained by the spoonful and lost by the bucketful, okay? That is why it takes a long time, but it is critical to your releader journey, all right? Thank you so much for listening. I hope it helped you. I hope it blessed you. I hope it challenged you. And right now, we've spent this whole time talking about the why. Why is it important? Why, why, why is trust important? We're going to transition now for those of you who are subscribers, who are who are part of our paid community. There's a, there's a choice that you can go on and pay uh, a very low rate. You can go to releader.co and check that out. Uh, you can go right now and be a part of that. We're going to go into a podcast, a continuation, a bonus part of this of this podcast, where we're going to talk about not only why do, is, is trust important, but I'm going to get into the specifics of how I did it, like step by step, practical things that you can take today and activate and hopefully do it faster and better than I did it. Okay, so if you're interested in listening to that, just go to releader.co and sign up to be one of our paid subscribers. I love you. I'm praying for you. I'm behind you. Uh, Thank you for being a part of this community. Now go fix broke stuff. Peace.